Namaste. We are with Gautam ji once again, and today we will be talking about a very important topic, uh, which is the difference between the working mind and the thinking mind. So, Gautam, uh, could you just give us a brief about this important concept, please? Yes, Nick. Uh, this is something I would love to share with the audience because it will make their understanding very simple. You see, so. there are two aspects of the mind the thinking mind and the working mind the thinking mind is the mind which is always going into the dead past or an imaginary future and most of us we know our minds are doing that you see we are either always reflecting on happy memories in the past and getting lost in those memories and saying oh wish things were like that or we are always thinking of painful memories in the past this happened to me that happened to me poor me you see so we are no longer in the present moment and similarly we are projecting into the future oh i'm not happy where i am right now i want when everything is ideal i'll be happy that is an imaginary future yes or we project a fear from the past based on past experience into the future this happened to me in the past so i better be careful otherwise it could happen to me again in the future this is the thinking mind it is always thinking of the past or the future and we find that so much of our mind content is made up of this activity of the thinking mind and what happens when this thinking mind is in the past or future we are no longer in the present moment as simple as that you see and life is lived now in the present moment so in that sense look at the disrespect given to the present moment which is the only thing that is sacred because you and me are here right now but when we go into this dead past and the imaginary future we lose the moment we lose the presence we lose the joy of being here right now so that is very clearly what the thinking mind does you see now coming to the working mind the working mind is the mind that is engaged in work so let's take any example you could be at your office sitting on your desk doing whatever work you are doing and focused on your work so that is the working mind mm. the working mind is always in the present moment it doesn't jump into the dead past or an imaginary future the attention is brought to the moment you see so in that sense a working mind is a meditative mind because it's not going all over the place so this distinction is very important so that in our own day we can see that are we mostly in the thinking mind mode or are we in the working mind mode i hope it's quite clearly understood the difference between these two concepts yes gautam i was wondering maybe if you could give a simple example for both so you know people can just see how this could be you know applied in their own lives you see like i said it could be whatever work you are doing 
you know it could be uh, let's say my teacher would give the example of a surgeon conducting an operation which actually makes it very clear you know now when he is conducting the operation he is in working mind mode he is in the moment he has to do the incision precisely all his years of experience are brought to that moment of the working mind to do the operation in the best possible way now this also includes all his past experience which he has with him yes he will dip into that experience that knowledge but his mind is focused on the surgery so that is a classic situation of the working mind mode now supposing just before the surgery a fellow colleague doctor comes and whispers in his ear hey do you know you're operating on a very important politician you better be very careful because if you're not then your career as a surgeon is finished now supposing the surgeon is operating and he is in the working mind mode mm-hmm. and suddenly this thought comes the thought of an imaginary future what if i do something then my career will be in trouble that is the thinking mind so the thinking mind has now kicked in he is in an imaginary future and then the work which he was doing so efficiently and so smoothly is now destroyed because the mind has wandered into the future gotham i have a question around this it reminds me a little bit of what eckhart would say and i'm going to go into the aspect of uh, spiritual practice here mm-hmm. and how important the role is of spiritual sadhana uh, for every devotee because gotham uh, eckhart had given a very beautiful example he said many people engage in dangerous activities say sometimes like mountain climbing extreme sports or you know uh, like driving a super bike at like super high speeds because in those moments their mind is forced into you know concentrating on something because literally it's do or die for them and then you know they feel like really peaceful when they are engaging in that particular activity but when they come out of it they are a complete mess yes absolutely i felt uh, you know this is a very important concept that ramesh ji has um, brought out to us like for example its application would be great if someone is sitting at home and say they've lost their job one practical example could be hey you know how can you get into seva maybe you can volunteer maybe you can do some charity work rather than you know sitting all day and worrying or you know what will happen about me and blah 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 so in that aspect you know i feel it's a great concept for someone to replace say their 9 to 5 if they say have lost their job with something constructive is that right gautam yes so coming back to this example of let's say racing car drivers or tight rope walkers or mountain climbers what is happening is there's no room for the thinking mind to operate because if it does you're dead you have to be in the present moment which is the total working mind in operation but you see eckhart said this from a negative connotation where he said that people who have unstable minds and are not grounded tend to engage in these dangerous activities because it's their only outlet of peace yes i'm coming to that point this is precisely it it takes them to do that extreme activity in order for the working mind to be engaged 
Now the problem is, you can't be mountain climbing all the time. You can't be driving a racing car all the time to keep the working mind engaged. Why? It's not natural, you see. What is happening is, who am I without my working mind and my thinking mind? That question has not been asked. So we are incessantly engaged in activity. We cannot sit still. So the mistake that happens is this constant engagement of the mind. Now let's take something very simple. Forget mountain climbing and all. A girl had come to my talks and she confessed. She said, I can't sit still. So even when I have nothing to do, what am I doing? Re-looking at my WhatsApp messages, checking out everyone's DPs on WhatsApp. She said, I can't sit still. So I asked her, what will happen if you sit still? What will go wrong? She said, I can't bear it. It's unbearable. What is unbearable, you see? We are afraid. Who are we without our minds being engaged? That is how identified we are with mental activity. Now, the example which you gave, I remember at Rameshri Satsangs, one lady had come. She was a fashion model in her younger days. Now she was about 60 years old. Yes. And she told Rameshri, she said, I used to be the center of attention. The world used to look at me. Even people who didn't know me, when I would cross the road, eyes would be turning. And now that I am old, nobody recognizes me. I'm not married, I'm alone, nobody gives me attention. And my teacher told her that if it is making you depressed, which it was, that's why she had come. He said, firstly, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. If your career is finished, if you are not doing anything, then your mind is going into this dead past where you were noticed by everyone. So first thing is, Take care of that. If you are lonely, find out others who are lonely and spend time with them. So she objected, you see. She said, where will I find people who are lonely? I'm not going to look around. He said, look, it's very simple, but I hope you're listening to me. For example, go to an orphanage where the kids don't have parents. Take gifts for them. You have earned a lot of money and spend time with them. So your working mind is engaged, something productive is happening, and at least you would have taken one step, which is from this obsession with who I was in the past, which is the thinking mind lost in this past, the dead past, that will come to an end. That is the first step. So you see, that step needs to be taken. And then to understand that one cannot be also engaged in the working mind all the time. Many of us are lost in our minds. You see, it reminds me of another incident. When I was, perhaps, uh, this was in the year 1999, 29 years old at that time. Mm. I was in Hong Kong and Eckhart Tolle, who at that time was not really known as such, had come to give a talk there. Now, I had gone on holiday to Hong Kong and a friend of mine who was in the police force was with me. 
So my sister was talking to us at the dinner table and telling him that why don't you come the next morning for Ekhat's private talk which he's giving at my friend's house. So this friend who was a police officer asked my sister, what does he talk about? So she said, he talks about being in the present moment. So the police officer replied, I don't need to listen to such a talk. Because when I am facing a gangster, I am always in the present moment. Where else will I be? If I am not in the present, I will be dead. I don't need to go to a talk of someone who is telling me, be in the present moment. It's not for me. Now, he is right only on one level, that it is only at his work that he is in the present moment. What happens to the rest of your day when you are not facing a gangster? You. You, you see, this is a very important point. It is like this boy who would come to me. He said, beautiful concept. It has given me so much clarity and so much peace that I ensure I'm not in the thinking mind. Earlier, I was lost in the thinking mind. And your teachings have shown me now the, the burden of the thinking mind. Now I am in working mind mode all the time. I said, how are you in working mind mode all the time? Are you involved in a job morning tonight? He said, no, no, I keep myself busy playing video games morning to night. You see, now, isn't that exhausting? What is behind this? We are afraid of the mind being still and quiet. Yes. This is what the wisdom teachings point to. You don't have to be active all the time. You don't have to be engaged all the time. You don't have to be identified all the time. Just sit and be still and witness the thoughts arising. Witness the events in your own life. This is the journey to self-realization. And all wisdom teachings, including Sai Baba's teachings, if you listen to Sai Baba's teachings, they point to this. They are always coming down to this. What Baba's teachings are doing, they are stilling the mind. You see, when he says that I am in everyone, I am in the dog and so on, he's trying to show you the unity and connectedness of the divine force operating through everyone. Now, if you accept that and you live that teaching, your mind will be stilled. It's as simple as that. How will it be stilled? You won't blame and condemn people. You won't hate yourself. You won't hate others. And when all these qualities drop away, you are left with a still mind. The still mind, which is a mind at peace. Many of us don't really follow these teachings, you see. We think we do. We think we are living these teachings, but actually we aren't. Because the measure of living is the degree of peace and true happiness we feel within. Now, that is very important and, you know, it takes courage to really say that, no, deep down, I am not at peace. We tend to fool ourselves. So, Gautam, if we could look at this visually, it would be a journey from the thinking mind to the working mind and then in parallel or ultimately to transcending the mind, if not completely, at least as much as possible. That means being equanimous, peaceful, feeling that joy within and not necessarily having to be engaged in constant activity 
internally or externally all the time yes now having said that the main thing here is the thinking mind which is the troublemaker because that is what keeps us identified with our story and the blame game of life he did this to me she did that to me god did this to me that is all the garbage of the thinking mind the first step is that goes out of the window that dialogue is finished which automatically results in peace and equanimity and calmness now what happens that when there is a need for the working mind to be engaged it is engaged yes not as an escape from the present moment you see now that escape from the present moment is over when the working mind is meant to be engaged it's like a meditation because we are fully focused and when the working mind is not engaged we are happy either to go for a walk by the beach in the park or sit at home just look out of the window there's no struggle and anxiety which we are feeling within that my god i can't be still that struggle is over yes and then gotham there are typical escape routes as well if it's not the thinking mind typically the ego would engage either in uh, you know just engaging in meaningless conversations with people drinking uh, all sorts of these other activities that uh, as i can't put a good thing he said your idea is to actually go above the level of thinking and these sort of things submerge you below so it actually takes you into a vegetative state then you know to avoid the thinking mind altogether then people i i guess not people but the ego would try and engage in these activities uh, so it's almost numbing them in one way yes because all these are need based like you know being very social for example is fun to a point but we become dependent on it you see because we wear masks we derive our sense of identity from what others think of us and all these subtle games are played by the ego so again that is the mind which is in operation gotham if it's possible on another podcast episode where we talk of the typical tendencies of the ego so you know if one say becomes aware of these things like just name dropping as an example or escape routes like just typical patterns it might be too much to cover now in this yes. particular podcast but uh, would you be happy to talk about that sure sure we'll just since you mentioned name dropping let's just see how it operates you know i know so and so i know this bollywood star or i've taken a photo with him or her right what happens is we feel by knowing the bollywood star and telling people the our sense of worth is now higher in their eyes so we have derived our sense of worth from an identification with the bollywood star an identification with something external wow this is who i am i know a bollywood star look at me you see that look at me is the ego seeking attention the sage if a bollywood star is in front of him or the ordinary person is in front of him there is no distinction and now i will tell you from personal experience a couple of things in ramesh ji satsangs which i have seen with my own eyes two instances one was a world famous singer called lenard cohen 
anyone can google him he is no more now lenit cohen used to come and he himself was a very humble man you would not recognize any greatness in this man he was so simply dressed and he would come and he would be like all of us go up together sit quietly and he did not get any special treatment from ramesh ji during the satsang maybe after the satsang ramesh ji would you know say something about him have you heard lenin's music it is so deep and meaningful that is all but everyone in that room was treated equally there was another hollywood star at that time called dennis quaid who had come he used to come every now and then i i was there one sunday when he came but he was on the floor like everyone else why the sage does not derive his sense of self from this identification you see it does not mean that pleasure does not arise of course pleasure arose if let's say someone told ramesh ji that do you know so and so is coming he, he would say oh i look forward to it but there is no sense of self derived from that what we tend to do is we build our identities about ourselves from the people who are recognized in society big names in society and that is how this name dropping game starts and gotham in baba's community as well one thing i feel devotees have to be very particularly aware of which maybe we can discuss in detail in the next podcast is uh, the tendency to get stuck in experiences and identify with them because you know if someone says i have experienced abc then within them they've already just waiting for that person to finish so they can say i've experienced oh you had this so i had this too you know it's the same thing that feeling of being special correct that is a very dangerous one it is absolutely it's a pitfall you see it's the biggest pitfall for the ego yeah you know once we had gone to from rishikesh to uh kashi we had gone with one swami ji and uh, he had to attend one discourse there and i remember it was uh, one of the masters on stage said in the spiritual tradition amidst uh, you know the sadhu community the minute somebody starts talking of their experiences it's like blowing their own trumpet and we know this is their downfall and internally i was laughing because it's you know it's as they say it's easier to see it in someone else than within yourself so true yeah so gotham then to sum up this very important thing you've shared with us uh, it could be first priority as ramesh ji said take a few steps to get out of the thinking mind into the working mind in a healthy and balanced way so maybe your job maybe some volunteering maybe some seva or whatever it is but keeping in mind at all times that does not become a substitute for your spiritual practice yes. your awareness whatever it may be it may as baba devotees maybe it is your sadhana uh, or maybe if it's someone who's following ekartole stillness uh, i mean in principle it's always the same thing but whatever your practice is because otherwise i think everyone you know having uh, these crazy work days and yes. uh, being over engaged in their work shouldn't then abuse this thing hey i'm always in the working mind uh, like the police inspector example so gotham thank you these examples have made it uh, a lot simpler to understand this thing and i hope uh, devotees who hear this can uh, take a lot from it because it's it's certainly i would say uh, one of those 
foundational principles one can you know keep their awareness around at all times yes and nick especially at this time with the lockdown been on for so long it is the thinking mind which is very actively engaged more so because the future is uncertain so it is actually the right time to practice the teachings because you know the mind goes all over the place and can create very fearful scenarios imaginary scenarios many possibilities of what could happen to me so it is the time that if you're if you feel your thinking mind is overworking take a switch to the working mind if possible and if not possible witness how the thinking mind operates because it will reveal to you a lot it will reveal to you your identifications with the thinking mind that itself after all is the journey within wonderful gautam thank you as always my pleasure nick thank you and we look forward to this important next podcast with you yes all the best i do something naughty each time now midway i get a commitment for you for the <laughs> next uh, podcast uh, on air you've said yes yes i'll do it so great <laughs> thank you gautam okay nick all the best take care all right namaste yeah take care bye bye bye